When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily and I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in today, whether you have been listening for a while or if you are new. I know during quarantine, we have a little bit more time to explore and find new podcasts or, you know, activities to tune into. So again, thanks for joining in. This week's episode is super awesome. I really enjoyed talking to Amelia and she's actually one of my friends that I met a while back. Um, I think it was about almost two years ago now. So it was really cool to have her on the podcast and, um, you know, really catch up essentially as well. But before I dive into today's episode, I do want to go through my usual intro. And if you've been listening, you know that I typically talk a little bit about gratitude and whatnot. But today I will also be incorporating um, a mindset tip and other things that I think are a little bit more valuable than just my usual life updates and besides that I there's not much of a life update I can do in the time being so to begin I will share one thing I'm really grateful for and this week I am super grateful for my friends now I probably have said that before but I have to just say that especially with everything going on and all of my closest friends living in different cities, so like New York, San Diego, Tennessee, it's hard to see them on a regular basis. And I think naturally many of us can agree that oftentimes it's hard to stay connected. And I'm just so appreciative that I have friends that continue to reach out to me consistently, even during a time like quarantine where it's either really easy to forget or really easy to remember. And with everything going on and obviously each of us having our own worries, I just feel so grateful to have friends that are still looking out for me, still supporting me and saying, hey, Emily, like hope you're doing well and just taking the time to FaceTime me um, as well because I actually live alone. So I've been quarantined by myself and not like it has been an issue at all, actually. Um, Personally, I would say it's been quite relaxing. Um, I've gone used to it, so it's not really a big deal, but 
nonetheless, I just wanted to point that out and say that I'm really grateful to have friends like that. And I say that from a understanding of where I used to be um, back in like 2017 or so, where I can candidly say I really didn't have um, friends or meaningful relationships the way I do today. And I think that has really developed me in a positive light and has contributed to a lot of the topics and the people I have on this podcast today. So it kind of goes full circle, but really grateful for that. Moving on, I want to share one quick mindset tip, I guess, in a sense, um, and something that I've been doing frequently now that I have more downtime, but something I thought that I should share why I do and maybe something you guys can implement as well. So what I do frequently is I often ask for negative feedback. Now, this might sound really weird or counterintuitive, but the reason why I ask for negative feedback, especially from my closest friends, is that I'm always looking to improve. And if you are not aware of the things that you're not good at yet, or if you're not aware of the things that kind of, you know, bother people that you do, then you're never going to be able to move forward from that part. So for me, for example, in different areas, whether it's for work or personal life, in my personal life with my friends, I will often ask like, hey, what is something I do often that kind of bothers you or kind of annoys you? And if you have a close relationship with a friend as well, they should be more than willing to share that answer with you and not take it weird that you're asking them that. Um, for me as a friend too, if I if someone were to ask me that, I'd be more than happy to tell them and I would also explain why that one thing bothers me and I can share if they were to change that or if they were to improve somehow, how that could affect in a positive manner, other areas of life. So for me, for example, my one of my best friends, Harry, I once asked him this maybe like four months ago. I asked him, hey, what's something I do that kind of annoys you or something that I do that you think I could get better at? And he said, with a couple of minutes of thought, he said that he thinks I am a little bit too serious sometimes. And I told him I couldn't agree more. Because he's very lighthearted and playful and um, much more type B and I'm very type A. So I think that's something I have wanted to improve on as well myself is to be able to relax a little bit more, to be able to be more um, not just playful because I would say I'm, I'm playful but less like planning oriented sometimes I think I'm kind of very structured in a way that's the better way to say I'm very structured he's not very structured um and he has trouble planning certain things in life um so I I help him in that area but for me I I think I get help from him in being able to loosen up and not get so uptight about small things so I recognize that as being something I've been needing to work on for a while and um, I believe my other friend who's part of our friend group, his name is Jack, I think he has told me that before as well and so that's something I recognize that if two people are saying that and they're giving me different examples of when I do that, then that probably means it's worth um, me to work on. So that's in a personal life instance but if I think about for example, work or anything related in a professional career setting, I will always ask people around me or, for example, 
Julia, my intern, I will often ask her, hey, how am I doing in managing this internship? Like, how does it feel to you? Or I'll ask her, you know, hey, how did this look for the Instagram? Or, you know, how did this episode go? Like, what are your thoughts? Did I talk too much? Things like that. And I think it does take some sort of, I guess, like tough skin or thick skin to really accept when someone says like, yeah, you talk too much or yeah, you do this. Um, And it's not like I received those specific comments, but I'm just saying like you have to build thick skin to accept that you're not perfect. And I think we already all know that, but I think it's getting to the point of being like, okay, I'm not perfect. And this is actually like what I'm doing that kind of is a flaw. And I think it's really actually good to accept these things because it builds a lot of self-awareness. So, you know, let's say if someone says that you interrupt someone when they talk, if you become more self-aware of that, when you talk to other people in the future, you're more likely to not interrupt them because in your mind, you're like, okay, I've been told I do this often. Let me practice not interrupting the person when they talk. So, those are just basic examples. Um, again, negative probably doesn't sound like the nicest word to say, like negative feedback, but it's essentially like constructive feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you guys want to call it. I think, again, it is something that's really tough at a young age in our early 20s to develop the habit of doing, but let me just say it has done wonders for me, and that is something I've been doing for probably about two to three years now, ever since that really low point for me in college back in like early junior year. And I would ask my friends like, hey, I think I do this too much or I do I think I do this and it it kind of throws people off. Do you agree or do you disagree? And it allows for friends and whoever you're talking about this with to to recognize that you're open to talking about it and then oftentimes too at least in my experience it strengthens a relationship or friendship because you guys have talked about things that are typically almost taboo and when you open that gate I guess in essence it really allows for a relationship to grow as well so that's my little tidbit on something I do frequently and a little tip on maybe that you guys could apply in your life So today's guest is Amelia Edmondson. She is a 22-year-old lifestyle blogger and guru who is really focused on mindful and sustainable living. She graduated from Pepperdine University last May in 2019 and has been doing a lot of freelance work ever since. So on this episode, we talk a lot about her travel experience after she graduated and her experience living in Hawaii for a couple months, not knowing anyone. And just, I would say a big theme in this podcast is really going out of your comfort zone. And I think we all learn a lot about what Amelia has learned from her experience in getting out of her comfort zone and graduating and figuring out the post-grad life. So again, I think this episode is very valuable and just a overall fun episode. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Thanks, Amelia, for being on today. I know um, with everything going on, um, it's been 
little bit easier to sit down and chat. So thanks for joining yeah, me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yay, of course. Well, let's start with sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself, share about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school, all of the good stuff. All right. Well, I'm 23 and I do freelance Instagram influencing, all that jazz. Um, I grew up originally um, in West Virginia. I was born in Nashville, lived there till I was seven, moved to West Virginia. And then um, when I was 18, moved to California to go to Pepperdine. Um, and while there, I studied advertising with a focus on design. Uh, I also dabbled in sustainability. And then once I left, I just realized that advertising and working with like, sustainably focused brands is kind of my niche. So that's that. Um, trying to think if there's any other background questions that are really important. Hmm. What did you study at Pepperdine? Advertising. Oh, sorry. You, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And were you involved in any, like, just, um, I guess, extracurricular activities or anything that you felt like shaped your experience at Pepperdine? Yeah. Um, I was in Kappa Kappa Gamma. I'm not super – Pepperdine Greek life is super toned down, so it's, like, not like it is in most schools. Um, but I was involved in that, did PR, made a lot of friends through that, um, and it was, like, a really sweet time. Outside of that, I was just really pursuing like um, creative work and kind of trying to create a business for myself. So those were kind of like my two activities while I was in school. Super cool. And we'll definitely touch in um, a little bit about like your business and like just kind of how you um, have navigated the creative space. But um, let's kind of go back a little bit to last May. So you graduated, I think the same year as me, right? So last May. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what have you been doing since then? Or I guess like, because I know you've been traveling for a bit after you graduated. And I think that's like, I was so fascinated too when I graduated and I was seeing you traveling. I was like, oh my God, that's like so fun. And I, um, I honestly do. I traveled for a bit after I graduated, but like went into corporate world like October, November time. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely was curious, like uh, share a little bit about your traveling experience yeah. and like, what you learned. Um, honestly, my first year of postgrad was like, hit me like a train. Like it was (laughs) so fun, but it was so scary and difficult at the same time. And I'm so grateful for it, but I'd be lying if I made it sound like it was this like wonderlusty travel experience because I did have really beautiful, um, times and I have such sweet memories, but it was also really challenging because being thrown out of the postgrad world is so hard. And especially when you, I feel like you have a career that you have to create your own schedule. So it was Mm -hmm. like getting in that zone was interesting. But so I graduated um, in the spring and then I moved to Hawaii in June. Um, Moved there not really knowing anyone and um, lived on the North Shore, like right next to this really beautiful um, dive spot called Shark's Cove. Um, It was such a special time, but it was also really isolating and like it was hard to like meet people. So it was kind of like putting myself in the most uncomfortable situation ever. But when I did that, I felt like so many things came to the surface that I needed to process and it was really good for me and I grew a ton. Um, and creatively, it was one of the most inspiring places ever. Like, it's just mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. It's like, it doesn't even, it's crazy to me that it's part of the U.S. because it's just like a tropical wonderland. And it's like right. any place I've ever been to before. Um, so did a little island hopping. 
um, stayed on like Kauai, Maui, Big Island, did all the things, met a lot of new friends who will be like lifelong friends of mine. Um, and then in November decided it was time for me to go. Cause it was kind of like for work because like the lifestyle is so slow and I was used to like constantly like cranking out creative stuff. It was like mm-hmm. a little bit challenging cause I didn't have my creative community there. Um, and so I was ready to come back. But before I did that, I went home for a month and then I went to Australia for a month. Um, and I actually, when I was there, met up with a ton of people that I've cultivated friendships with via Instagram that I hadn't Mm -hmm. met in person. So Australia was super inspiring because I got to see and meet all of these people that have inspired me for years. And we've like been friends, but we haven't been able to meet face to face. So Mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful time. And honestly, like left such an impression on me. And I think I'll probably live in Australia for like a couple months at some point. Um, very special place. Uh, and then after that, I moved to Orange County. And since being here um, for the past couple months, I'm like, know that California is like my place. Like, I'm like, yeah. I feel so much more myself here. Traveling was great, but like having routine um, and also having like life, for, like just like soul friends mm-hmm. is so important to me. And I have such a beautiful community here. So, um, traveling was great. I've grown tremendously over the past year, but I'm so grateful to be grounded and like living in Orange County. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that you feel very at home in California because when I first met you two, like two years ago, I definitely totally was like, you're a California vibe. And it's funny because we're both not from California and we like moved out here for school and whatnot. Um, But like, I love that you say that because I see that in you too. Like California fits you really well. And I love seeing people like leave their hometown I don't know if you grew up in like a small hometown like I, I did. did yeah, yeah. I like in such a small place exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah so then you move out to California and you just feel more in a sense like fulfilled in certain areas because you meet people who are more aligned and like-minded and you just feel like the the physical environment is like more fitting and I just like saw that for you too so it kind mm-hmm. of like always makes me smile to see that happen for other people yeah that's so <laughs> sweet of you to say thank you yeah, yeah I feel like when I tell people that I'm not from here they're like what they're like that would have been like a no-brainer for me that you're from Mm -hmm. here and I'm like no like definitely not so it's like so funny how that works but yeah um, yeah I feel like I'm definitely grateful I didn't I mean that's gonna sound awful it would be beautiful to have it like to grow up here but Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I grew up somewhere a little more simple because I feel like I really appreciate everything like even the small beauties like so much because California is like a wonderland right and I also love I feel like Orange County is like um I love like the family vibe and like the simplicity and just like the slowness compared to LA I love LA it's super fun it's only like an hour drive if you want to go but I love the community that is cultivated in this like area Mm -hmm. yeah no I totally agree um I wanted to backtrack a little bit about Hawaii I'm super curious Um, so aside from like the slower lifestyle and pace there, um, was there like a specific reason you chose Hawaii and did you have some sort of plan in a sense when you were like just deciding to, you know, hop on the Hawaii trip? Like, did you, you know, what, what did you do with your car and like, you know, things like that? Like those those are things I'm always curious about. (laughs) It's so funny because I look back and I was like, honestly, it may have been like the most rash and like. (laughs) poorly calculated thing I could have done because I kind of just like it was like 
oh, I'm like going and I'll like figure it out. And like everything ended up working out, but it was a task. Like moving back and from and to Hawaii. I don't know if I said that right. To and from Hawaii was like the craziest thing ever. All right. So went there in March and was like, cool. I could see myself living here for a sec because I felt so inspired there. And I could tell like energetically that there were things coming up in me that I was like, I need to work on this. And I felt like Hawaii cultivated that for me. It's weird to explain. I like, it just, I felt it when I was there. And I told a girl that I met while I was there that I was maybe interested in living there. And she remembered me and sent me this girl's profile that was subleasing her room for three months. Hmm. And I was like, perfect, cool. And I had saved money so that when I graduated, I was like, I want to be able, my goal upon graduation was to have enough money say that I could live wherever I wanted. So had the money saved and I was like, I can't not go, but I was also sick to my stomach. Like I was like, I am sick to my stomach, but I could tell that I needed to be thrown into the unknown. I was like, I want to be thrown into a really uncomfortable situation because I'm really comfortable right now and like have everything I like could need objectively, but I want to be challenged. So committed to like moving there. And then I was like, hadn't I didn't make any plans before that I just called my parents was like hey like I'm gonna move to Hawaii (laughs) they're like what and my parents are super supportive so like okay we'll like figure it out um I shipped my car because I realized it would be less to do that but then it was complicated because it was a lease situation so that was a whole deal but it was fine had my car there um and then moved in with random roommates um never met them before moving in with them never had seen the space we facetime like briefly i saw it then um and then yeah like just kind of didn't know what i was getting myself into mm-hmm. um and then when i was ready to come back and just like shipped my car back and then wow wait this is actually funny okay so when i shipped my car back i don't li- i didn't live in, in california at the time so i was like what do i do with my car and i still had this i'm like don't see me Pepperdine, but I still had my like a sticker, like my Pepperdine sticker and they had this like garage. So I like smuggled my car and like hit it for like a month before I came back to move here with like all my stuff. And I had like boxes at a friend's house. I had boxes in my car. I had suitcases full. I had to ship boxes in West Virginia. So at this point I'm like, I'm about to go to Australia. My car is hiding. <laughs> here and it's full of like most of my stuff I also have stuff scattered around at all these different (laughs) friends house I have stuff in West Virginia and I was like I'm a mess like mentally I was like where are my things oh Um, my goodness it was hectic it was the most hectic season of my life and so I came when I was in Australia I was like I need to find a place to live I was like I'm done with traveling loved it but like traveling is so energetically draining and I was like I need to be grounded I haven't been grounded in like a year and like I need to be chill so while I was there I told everyone I knew that I was looking for a place because I wanted something to come to me I didn't want to like be on Craigslist looking and a friend of mine sent where I'm living now and was like hey these girls are like looking they're really great um and so I just moved in like again without seeing the place or really meeting the girls and it's worked out really well Wow. And all my stuff's here. So, oh my goodness. (laughs) Wait, that, no, I love your story about that because I feel like a lot of people don't do something like that out of the unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I was even curious myself, like, what do you do with your car? And, like, I think for most people, the idea, the concept of shipping it 
both times is like kind of crazy and of it course there's, and my there's like, a, like you're never doing that again and I was like you're <laughs> right that was ballsy because it's like so much effort like yeah. so much energy but it was one of those things like I had kind of gotten myself into it and I was like okay I'm gonna finish it right but I think I also sometimes I've learned about myself that I think I try to subconsciously put myself in really challenging situations to prove to myself that I can like handle it right does that make sense yeah. like I was like it's gonna be okay because I know I'll be able to take care of it yeah and then also too when you look back like today you're gonna be able to say like I did that one day you know and like you figured yeah. it all out so any other challenge that would come your way in the future you know it's like totally. I feel like I take them on I'm like all right like this isn't gonna break me like let's figure it out yeah yeah it wow, was no, hard, I, I like, definitely feel like I like grew a lot. Yeah, the the car situation just blows my mind because I think <laughs> as weird as it sounds, like for me, I've dabbled with the thought of moving to like New York and like other areas, um, just to explore like out out of California for like you know a year or two and see where that takes me. But as weird as it sounds, the thing that has like oddly held me back or like made me second guess is like what do I do with my car? Do I take it with me? Like um, all these different things. And I love how you almost like simplified it and you just like made the decision like, yeah, I might just take my car with me. I'll ship it. I'll pay for it and I'll ship it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, Obviously a lot of effort. Honestly kind of expensive and I'm like, right. but I mean, it's one of those things where I know looking back, I won't remember how much money I spent. I'll remember like the memory of living there. So Exactly. I'm like, you're fine very girly you did something crazy but you learned and it was fun and everything's well what was your biggest um I guess growing or learning lesson from all that because you said you grew a lot and I do agree I think a lot of people grow from traveling and putting themselves in the unknown what would you say was something like super valuable that you learned from that entire experience and why you you would recommend someone to do something like similar in a sense of mm -hmm. going into the unknown? I think that there are so many things I learned that I'm like choosing one is hard, but I have it narrowed to like a few that are, I can, I can try to keep short. One of them is that I feel like we catch ourselves surrounding or we, I think we surround ourselves with the same people for a long time. Like we can get in the habit of doing that and going somewhere where you don't know anyone, you are forced to meet new people. And by meeting new people, you gain perspective on different things happening in the world. You learn so much about yourself and how to communicate with others. And it like forces you to talk to people. Like I left Hawaii with a couple of friends that I talk to every day now. And I'm like, how did I not know you before? And I would not have met them if I hadn't thrown myself into that situation. Right. Um, I would say something else is that, I mean, I think we all have things that we're dealing with internally that we have to navigate and learn how to deal with. And because we live in such a hectic world, when we're not in quarantine like we are now, um, it's hard to be alone with those thoughts because there's so many distractions. But by moving somewhere where you don't know anyone, it's you spend a lot of time by yourself and you're kind of forced to unpack those things. Mm. Um, and then I would say the third thing I learned was um, how much I beat myself up, like how tough my inner critic is and how um, I need to work on that and also just like 
giving myself grace when I'm not feeling creative because the transition from post-grad or from being in school to post-grad was really hard and moving somewhere where I didn't know anyone was harder. And I expected myself to perform to this degree that I just did not have in me because I was navigating a really interesting transition. Um, And so I think it's just learning to give yourself grace for those times because they're refining you and they're like allowing you to grow in ways that are going to be important for you to have later on. Yeah. Um, but I think we all catch ourselves wanting to speed up the process. But I think of it as like, I lot this whole year I considered to be like my cocoon phase where it was like so much was happening behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of. I just wanted to like break out and like be a butterfly. But if it weren't for the time of like refinement and inwardness, I wouldn't be ready to like flourish. And so it was like that time was like me refining myself and it wouldn't have happened. I don't think if I hadn't leapt and like gone somewhere I didn't know anyone Mm -hmm. so you would say it definitely was something like obviously worth it because I can tell you know you you gained obviously lifelong friends and even an experience that you just it's just like so invaluable that you you can never like buy that you know what I mean um and I and I, I think that's so awesome and I think though would you say like kind of without the factor of how much it can cost to like do all those things Mm -hmm. to advise to anyone um who like wants to kind of step out of their comfort zone to do that if they kind of have the means to do it totally and honestly I think that the whole money thing gets in a lot of people's way because when I was in Hawaii there were so many people that were literally working at a smoothie shop and like the houses in on the north shore at least are crusty like you're gonna live in like a crusty home for the most part because you're right by the beach there's like bugs everywhere so it's like if you just want to rough it and like work somewhere you'll meet so many people it's like you can make do you know and there's so many people doing it I think that people just get intimidated by that you right. don't have to be this like influencer or like creative like guru who's like doing all these like projects to like mm-hmm. make a living you can literally work at like a coffee shop you know, and you'll meet so many people too. And I honestly, one of my regrets about Hawaii is not getting a job while I was there because I feel like it would have been a really great way to meet people. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think that's like actually a huge takeaway. I wish people knew how, how capable they were of doing that. Cause I think that we live in a world that makes it seem like you have to be, have your own business to be able to do something like that. Yeah. I'm so so glad that you said that because I think that was like what I was trying to get at is like do you think like people should still go for it anyways um like like because I like you I like you said money is kind of that thing that stops people or like or makes them second guess like oh can I do it like what if I can't you know make rent or what if I can't do this and then it's it always kind of comes down to that which is always very understandable but there is sometimes a point where it's like doable if you just kind of you know do the small things like get a part-time job or even like a job at like a coffee place or whatever and then of course inevitably you meet people through that anyways totally and I think it's also a matter of if you take into consideration your lifestyle there are certain ways where you can minimize what you're spending and if you can just save that little chunk if you move somewhere and you have like three months rent ready to go you have like an an ample amount of time to like find a job right um, in like a space Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think that another thing that's intimidating is thinking that you won't live with friends but even though like 
I've found that moving in with random roommates has been, I mean, it's been tricky. And if I'm being honest, like Hawaii was a challenge, but I met new people and learned more about communicating, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, Kind of still touching on the money aspect, you mentioned that you had enough saved so that you could like travel for a bit after college. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have advice on how people can achieve that? Because I think even regardless of traveling or just, you know, having something saved up for post-grad I think people struggle to figure out how so do you have any tips on how you did that I think that something that helps is having a clear goal for how much you want to have saved or why you want to have a certain amount saved because I think when you know what you're working towards you feel more personally motivated to do that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like I think when you're kind of like aimlessly trying I mean you can do that but I think having a goal for yourself a tangible goal that you're able to visualize like reaching is like super helpful mm-hmm. um, I think I'm honestly still navigating like what it means to be a master of finances because it's like a tricky thing when you're like on your own and you're paying for everything and I'm still mm-hmm. learning but I like had a set amount that I wanted to make and I worked and like I worked really hard to make sure I was like I want this amount and I think having that set goal for me was motivating. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um so obviously now you do a lot of like freelance and creative work. Mm-hmm. Um did you feel like you were always prone to doing that? Like when you were younger, like did you feel like you were naturally drawn to that as a kid or where did that um tendency develop? over college yeah it's so interesting because I for sure see saw tendencies of myself or of myself being like this when I was younger um it started out with me making jewelry and I would like sell it I literally made a catalog my mom was a photographer so I would like set my jewelry out and she would like take photos for me and I would take it to school and there's photo shoots that we literally set up when I was little but not for anything like just for Mm -hmm. fun And it was like, that was definitely cultivating who I am as a person now. And then when I was in high school, I did more modeling stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do modeling. Like, Mm -hmm. for sure, that's what I'm going to do. And then I didn't love people telling me, like, what to do with my body. And I loved the creative direction behind things. And I was like, I kind of want to be a photographer. So I started taking people's senior photos and then, like, we didn't even have like cool stores where I lived, but our pack son carried like a select few items of Brandy Melville. And that was like one of the first brands I like followed on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to take photos. And so me and my friends would take photos of each other. And then from there, I ended up going to school in California and was kind of still like on the model train. Like I was, I'm going to do more modeling. But then when I came here, I met other people that were doing this like Instagram thing. And I was like, what is that? And then I um, connected with two girls who are actually, like, some of my best friends now. They were, like, posted that they were going to be in California. Um, So I reached out and was like, I would love to hang out if you guys are free. And they were like, yeah, we're going to actually shoot in Joshua Tree if you want to come. And so I literally skipped class. I skipped so much school to, like, do shoots and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how I did it, but I did. Um, And I met them. And we became great. Like, it's so funny how we met because we've traveled so much and are like best friends now. But I remember them being like, dude, like, you can totally do this for work if you want. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was a sophomore at the time. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I definitely want to. And I knew I was capable. At that time, I was working part time at like a smoothie place in Malibu. So I would do that in school and then try to shoot. And it was so much like on my plate. 
Um, and so I just saved up in that summer. I like really grinded and just like took tons of photos and like met a bunch of people. I think having the structure of school helped so much because um, I had a place to live and it was like being a student was my full-time job. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of grew from there because I would like reach out to people to shoot all the time and like different brands. And then they started coming to me and it was like, that's just kind of how it all unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember those days too, when I was a sophomore as well. And like before it was like called influencer. Um, I, I I forget what it was like called, but I feel like we just did content creator or something. Yes. Like we did more creative work and we would collaborate a lot more with photographers and like creatives to create like an actual you know, photo vision or video vision or whatever. So um, honestly, too, I think that's what I did as well as like, that's how I kind of got into it and like met all the creative people was just being a sophomore and super bored during the summer and was like, okay, like this seems pretty cool. And I think I just remember DMing a bunch of photographers. Um, at the time I had like 200 followers. So it was like really funny. And like, I, just- I did the same thing. Like I'd literally be like, I feel like I had this mindset where it was like, who cares about followers? I was like, yes. we can take photos. Yeah. And I feel like because I, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I had the motivation to keep going and keep grinding so hard when I didn't have like anything really to show for it. Right. And I'm like, I'm proud of old me. Like I'm like, yeah. killed it girl. <laughs> going. Good for you. And um, today, do you still collaborate with photographers or do you take more of them like in a sense, like on your own or have someone take them yeah. for you and you just do most of like the post editing kind of thing? Yeah, I do some collaborations with photographers. I feel like it's a little bit limited now because if I'm going to shoot with someone, I would want the, the, the photos they take to be photos that I can use as well. And sometimes our styles don't really align. Right. Um, but I have a lot of photographer friends who will like help each other out. Like I'll help them with a job that they have and then they'll help me shoot something and then I'll edit it the way yeah. that I want. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Super cool. Um, kind of moving on to like sustainable living. I know that's like a huge part of your brand and kind of what you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, I'm super curious, like what got you passionate about it or what, um, you know, made you feel drawn to it when you first got into it? Yeah. Um, so my freshman year, uh, I took a freshman seminar class on hope in a time of climate change. And it was kind of an intimidating class, but I feel like I learned a ton and I was like, wow, there's so much I didn't know about things that are happening in our world. Um, and so that kind of started it and I became friends with a professor. Um, and then he invited me to his there at Pepperdine, there's convocations. So it's kind of like a Bible study, but it's more so like a gathering and you talk about like a certain topic or like whatever it may be. Um, and, and at ours, we would cook like a plant-based dinner and all the ingredients came from the farmer's market. So we would sit, talk about that. Um, and the ritual of like creating a meal together that came from, um, like organic farms was such a, I just like loved it. Like it was such a beautiful thing to me. Um, and then I ended up studying abroad in New Zealand to study sustainability, um, my junior year. And that was kind of the catalyst for me because I was like, if I'm going to do advertising, I want to be doing it in an ethical way because I mean, consumerism kind of runs our like world and it's Mm -hmm. like, how can I, be a positive influence on that and use my platform to spread light um, and encourage people to be mindful of what they're spending their money on. Right. Um, so it kind of came about then. 
Um, especially, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a documentary called The True Cost. It's like about fast fashion. Mm. Um, I feel like that was a huge catalyst for me as well. Um, but yeah, my time in New Zealand was like huge for me. Yeah, no, I think that's super unique. And I think it's like a topic and I guess almost at, at this point, like an industry that is like growing. I think in my opinion, I've seen like fashion brands even and other just brands in general, like really have a focus on sustainability. And I, I start to notice it more now. And I always try to learn and have like a better understanding of how it impacts, you know, our society and culture. Um, do you have like any specific takeaways you feel like, you know, the audience who are not so knowledgeable in sustainable living, like that, what they can learn and, you know, if they are interested in kind of, um, I guess, better understanding it, what are some things that you could share about it and like how they could do, you know, change to impact the world as well? Totally. I think that one thing that I find really important to talk about is I think that there's this stigma that in order to care for the planet, you have to be like a tree hugging vegan hippie. (laughs) And I feel like it's first, like I can see where that has come about to be this idea. But I think also when you are mindful about what you spend your money on, um, it adds value to the product that you're buying in your life. And that sounds like so extreme to say, but when you put more effort into thinking about why you're going to buy something, you become a more conscious consumer mm-hmm. and it just like adds value to your experience. And I think also to just go back to the stigma thing I was saying is it's baby steps. Like you don't have to like be this extreme person to make a difference. You literally vote with your dollar, like what you're choosing right. to support. Yeah. Right. I like that though. I think that, you know, what you're saying as well is that it is just baby steps. It's not just like you know, having to do something, you know, like a drastic change. Cause like I said, I think that people have a hard time understanding um, the small things that contribute to sustainable living mm-hmm. and um, just the, just the concept of, yeah, even being like mindful in what you're consuming or mindful in like how you spend your money. So I think that's like a really good takeaway overall. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> so um, share with the audience now, I guess, what you're currently doing. I know you're back in Orange County and you're yeah. still um, freelancing and doing content creation, but what's kind of like your next step um, over, you know, this upcoming year? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm just doing the Instagram thing, taking photos. Um, I've transitioned into shooting more film. I'm really into like analog photography. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I've been dabbling in super eight videography and I think videography is like the next thing for me. Um, so I'm planning on creating more YouTube videos um, and really diving into that because it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, and I feel like I'm finally ready to kind of dip my toe in that world. So yeah. I would say more video content kind of what the future holds for me. Ooh, awesome. I'm so yeah. stoked to see your video content. I feel Thank like you. you put a lot of effort and also just like you're very mindful about how you create your content and how you add value to it, not just mm-hmm. like always taking photos, you know, blanket photos of yourself. So honestly, I've always been inspired by your content as well. Oh, so <laughs> That's so nice. I appreciate that. I really do put so much thought into it. And sometimes I'm like annoyed that I put so much thought into it because mm-hmm. it's exhausting, but I just like, really care about what I'm sharing and how it impacts other people. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, totally. Well, two more questions. Um, The first one being, where do you see yourself five years from today? That can be like professionally and personally and and wherever it takes you. Um, I would say in five years, I will either be living here 
Nashville or Australia. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, I think that I'm going to be continuing doing what I'm doing with maybe some kind of branch business that I've created for myself. Um, so the content creation staying on that track, but I'm really interested in doing something else on the side as well, but I haven't figured that out yet. Um, and then I would say, Hmm, I feel like I'm really trying to dive into a really deep meditation practice. And I think that by that time I will like be really into that. Like I am now, mm -hmm. but I feel like just the mindful living is going to be taken to another level by that time. Yeah. Maybe I'll be married. I don't know. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's always unique just trying to, I guess, in a sense, um, predict where we're going to be in five years, but also like have that vision for what we want to be like, you know, oh, in five years. Totally. So I think it's always unique to kind of say out loud. <laughs> no, it's so interesting. I've definitely thought about it. I've also thought about maybe going back to school to pursue um, like a degree in psych because I'm really mm -hmm. interested in like being a life coach and like yeah. doing more along that path too. So I'm like, We'll yeah. See. Side tangent. Do you happen to know what your like Enneagram or Myers-Briggs personality yeah. is? Uh, I'm an ENFP Myers-Briggs, but I'm actually more into the Enneagram and I'm a three wing four. Three wing four. Oh, okay. So your, your main is three. Yeah. Okay. Super cool. Mine is three and eight and they're like even. Oh, yeah. you should read them and see which one resonates more. I know. I, I have, and, like, I'll, I I took it the first time, like, maybe seven months ago, and I took it again, like, maybe a couple weeks ago, yeah. and, like, it's so hard to tell. I think I resonate a little bit more with eight, but it's it's really hard. Like, they're both- Wait, are eights feisty? Yeah, it's, like, really weird. <laughs> because, like, I, I don't like, see you having, like, an angry side. I know. Well, eight, I think, is, like, challenger, and then okay. three, three's- um, Achiever, right? Yeah, so it's really hard because I think like achievement means a lot to me and that's where I prioritize or like kind of frame the way I go about life. Mm -hmm. But then I think I also like not going with um, like society norm and I think that's the challenger oh, in me. Yeah. But the feistiness, I would say like for sure not in me either. So it's like very much like the best parts of both I think are like my combo. You know it's what so I mean? Cool. Well, I feel like also though that sounds kind of like you may have a wing four if you are three because fours like want to be unique and do things different than other people so oh, really oh wait wait wait. what does it mean to be wing four or like the wing um so a wing means it's like the second it's like what you like lean towards so if you're a three you're either a wing two or four okay and if you're an eight you would be a wing seven or nine right um, and so it's like the second one that you're most like like you share traits of that number as well Oh, got, so, it, got it. Yeah, it makes sense for me because I'm like an achiever, but the mm -hmm. four are like usually like creatives who are like really emotional and super in tune with how they feel and want to be different from everyone else. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, for sure, three, <laughs> strong wing four. I used to think I was a four, but I, my motivation is definitely to like be successful. So yeah, I was like, for, yeah, I'm a three. I see it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, that's, it's funny you ask that because that's actually like I've thought about taking like coursing classes on the Enneagram. Like I'm so into like personal development. So I'm like, I think I'll do something like on that track as well. Yay. I love yeah. it. Well, one last question and it is, you can go as deep as you want, but what fulfills you? I would say what fulfills me is uh, my friends and family and like meaningful friendships for sure. 
Mm-hmm. I, that's where I get my energy is from like the relationships in my life. Yeah. Likewise for me as well. And I feel like I could always see that. I like, I think I saw that in YouTube when we first met and like all of us had dinner at cafe gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think we had like just a very like deep conversation that night with like all four of us. And I think, um, I think it's because the waiter gave us like a question to start off. I don't know if you remember, but something like that, where they ask you a question, like almost based off the menu or based off of like gratitude. And then you kind of just share with amongst your friends. And then I think it just became a very flowing topic for us. So that night being like a very fun, meaningful convo. And like for me to see it, at least for myself, how it kind of validates the idea of like how meaningful relationships are what fulfills me. And I love like seeing that in people too, and like always finding out for, for them as well. <laughs> it's such a fun question. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, um, do you have any last and final words or where people mm. can find you on social media? I guess I would say sending love during this hectic time in our world. Um, and, uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, my handle is at Amelia.Edmondson and yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, definitely. And I will for sure, uh, tag all of your social media handle, um, below in the show notes. So yeah. Yay. Thank you for having me. Sweet. Thanks for being on today. That was today's episode with Amelia Edmondson. I totally enjoyed this conversation. I think it's really cool to speak with someone that's my age and graduated the same year. And it's also funny because I actually almost went to Pepperdine. So I might have met her in college had I gone to Pepperdine, but it's pretty unique just to see how we eventually cross paths in a different way. I definitely had a unique takeaway from this episode as well, just in the factor or aspect of getting out of your comfort zone. I think when she explained her journey of, you know, post-grad and graduating and then making the leap to move to Hawaii for a few months, I think that was just so awesome to hear her experience and then also seeing that she has gained a few lifelong friends from that experience and that just goes to show that many of us often fear doing something like that out of logical reasons whether that's finance or not knowing people there or just simply being scared I guess that's also more so emotional but besides the point I think for me as well I've gone through those emotions and have almost held myself back from doing certain things because of those similar emotions and going to Chapman University was one of them but at the same time I have felt myself feel those fearing emotions or just kind of holding back emotions in going after certain things that involve moving as well so I think just hearing her overall experience from it and how she's really had a great learning experience from that. I think that has also inspired me to be more willing to pursue certain things that I have held back on um, in a similar regard. So I hope you guys also had a good takeaway from this. If you did, please be sure to let us know in our DMs on the podcast or answer the poll question that we will be posting on Insta stories in the next few days where we will ask you guys what your takeaway was from this guest episode. 
Also, if you have a quick second, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate it so, so much. And thanks again, guys, for tuning in. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.